Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director at CFGI. And this is the program we, where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. So if you're in business, um, you no doubt have a lot of initiatives on your plate in any one given time. So the big question is, how do we get stuff done? Today, we're going to answer that question with my guest, Michael Taylor, who's the principal and co-founder of Shelling Point. Michael, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Dave, thank you very much. Look forward to being here. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do with Shelling Point? Thanks, Dave. Um, yes, at Shelling Point, we started as a research initiative, um, spending a couple of years looking at what we call strategic collaborations. So think of those as strategies, transformations, mergers, innovation processes, all the things that organizations do to advance them forward and move them on. Um, the research that we started uh, carries on today. We've currently researched over 330 initiatives uh, of this nature, and we use that research to identify uh, opportunities to improve the rate at which people are able to put together goals and plans and actually get the results they're looking for. Great. Before we jump in, um, so Shelling Point, there, it, it's more than just an interesting name. There's, there's a little story behind that. Why don't you tell the audience about that? What well, is a shelling um, point? There is a, when we were conducting the research and we were looking at what's going on in groups and how they collaborate to perform, uh, to, to produce results, we were drawing on various um, knowledge bases. And Professor Thomas Schelling, um, Professor Thomas Schelling is a game theorist. He was a Harvard professor and um, his work is in the theory of interdependent decision making. Um, collaborative actions, groups of people working together on strategies and things, those are collaborative actions. Um, and uh, we took Professor Schelling's work. Um, a, a Schelling point is named after Professor Schelling. Uh, a Schelling point is the focal point that gives a group of like-minded individuals their common purpose. And groups with strong Schelling points can co coordinate their action with minimal communication. So when we're all heavily like-minded about why we're doing this, where we're going with it, how we're getting there, what we have to overcome, then we can we can flow. Um, unfortunately, flow rarely occurs, but that's that's the uh, that's the backdrop to it. And uh, we started using his work in the research, and uh, actually that year, same year he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Economics um, because because of this and other work that he's done. So. That's where the name, that's where our company name comes from. Yeah, and that's a good launching point for the topics that we're going to be talking about today. So you've mentioned that you've done a lot of research, and, and we'll talk about that. But in the course of your research, um, is there a theme about re regarding how many organizational initiatives are in play at any one point in time? When, when most people think about a strategic objective, they're mm -hmm. focused on their particular thing. But as an organization, there's lots of things going on. Well, this was, yeah, so this is one of the interesting things that came out of the research. So when I talk about these um, 330 that we have studied, we, we now have over 400 that we're going to be working on. But with the initial 330, if you think about these, they range from Fortune 50 corporate strategy uh, to early stage ventures to uh, White House policy, government policy, um, nonprofits, just across the board. And... In terms of um, the, when we looked at them all, they fall into a pattern. Um, there's seven primary types. There's uh, critical decisions, innovation of products and services, policies, process improvements, programs, relationships, strategies. So those are the same seven main types. 
When you take the term strategy, most people think of that as over the business strategy. Uh, but currently, we've identified over 70 strategies that are occurring. If you, if, you, if you understand that a strategy is the general term for a set of goals with the plans to attain them, um, if, you look, so if you look at an organization at any point in time throughout an organization, um, there's dozens of, of str strategic collaborations either being set up or, or in process. Um, so uh, it, it's, it's a large number when you look at it in that sense. It's not just the business strategy. So you mentioned that one of the keys, if not the key, to getting stuff done then is this concept of strategic collaboration. Can you describe what that is and, and how do you make that happen? Well, um, in, in the research, we realized that it's a very gray way of looking at an organization, a very black and white way, so should I say. Um, but if you look at any organization, there's really only two things in which people are getting involved. There are processes and there are collaborations. And processes are the repeatable activities that occur. Um, they are what make the organization what it is at a point in time. And uh, they are how customers and stakeholders receive value from the organization. So the processes may be heavily automated with machinery and technology where there's a few people supporting them, or they may be heavily uh, people-based with te technology supporting them, such as the sales and marketing process. But the point is, if you just look at an organization, there are, there are processes. This is, this is who we are today. And then everything else people are involved in are these strategic collaborations. It's a group of people coming together around a subject saying, oh, we have this opportunity. Should we capture it? Or how do we capture it? Um, it, it the strategy is two and a half years old. So let's refresh the strategy. Or we have this problem. Uh, and, and so if you, if you look at process thinking, um, we have 40 years of process thinking. So in this day and age, if Dave, if you and I were to go and start a business, um, we would have no excuse for not setting up high-performing processes very quickly. We have uh, Six Sigma and lean methodologies, and we can talk about you know, uh, you know, quality rates. And, and so in the process world, we're extremely mature. But in the, in the collaboration world, um, we're really on the front end of it. Um, when it comes to how a group of people come together uh, to, to say, well, why are we here? Do we all agree that we're, why we're here, where we're going to go? Um, that is still an, an area where it's unpredictable, it's unreliable, um, and we really don't really understand it the way we think we did, which is why we drove the research. Yeah, so when you say that, do we all agree why we're here, um, oftentimes I imagine the answer is no, and that may or may not be expressed candidly. So what tools can someone use to, to really flesh that out, to understand if everybody is in alignment? Well, uh, this, this, is, this is one of the things that was interesting in, in the research, is, is that when you think, of, so... Um, there's, there's one group that you've, you've, everyone's heard the statistics, right? That, that there's one group recently that, that looked and, and asked CEOs. And, if, and when they ask CEOs, what do you think is the likelihood that you will achieve 80 to 100% of your strategy? The number of CEOs that said, I think we'll achieve 80 to 100% was 2%. Um, so we all know these sorts of statistics. We don't, we, we, we know that we're going to come together but the likelihood will produce everything that we want to get out of it. We sort of know that's, dodgy um we asked the question you know we asked the question of leaders 
um, how successful are your strategies, your merges, your transformation, your changes, etc. And we, there was a CEO recently who was talking about well, we, we had this merger and uh, three years later, it's been a massive success. And we asked the question, well, um, to what extent was it on benefit, on time, on cost? And he said, well, how do you mean? I said, well, you know, given what you originally expected was did you receive all the benefits in the time frame you wanted at the level of cost that you expected? And he just sort of laughingly said, well, no. Um, when we asked, so in the research, when we asked that question, um, currently only 8% of initiatives of these uh, these initiatives that groups set out on um, achieve that uh, achieve that core target, um, which wouldn't be very good if it was your surgeon you were talking to or your attorney or your accountant. Um, right. So, if w- when we looked at it and said, "Well, what's going on? Why is it that that well-meaning, um, well-educated, knowledgeable people come together in groups? What's going on that causes them to come together to talk about a subject?" put goals and plans together, but not realize all the potential of them. And the predominant thinking, the predominant thinking, Dave, is, well, we put a good plan together and we all agreed with it. Um, the issue is that we didn't do enough project management or change management. Um, the surprise that came out of the research was actually most of the faults are actually in the goals and plans in the first place. This this strategy uh, that was put together is rational and compelling, but actually has it's a bit like Swiss cheese. Um, that's a long way of getting to um, one of the things we found is um, imagine you're a leader and you walk in and you pull a group of people together and you say, okay, everybody, look, I've brought us together for this reason and I want to use our, all the great brains and thinking now to work out where we're going to go. General behavior is that that leader will tell the group in three to five sound bites why they've been brought together. Um, So I brought you together here today to discuss this because of this, 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 and this. Uh, Do you have any questions? Um, And and, and you're allowed to ask questions to confirm, but you're not actually allowed to question. So what we found was that if you go out to that group of people and you ask them uh, privately, uh, why do you think you're in the room having this conversation? Uh, A group will actually express 30 different reasons why they should and shouldn't be in the room even having the conversation in the first place. Never mind where they should go with it, but just why are we here? When you play those 30 back to everybody and said, this is what you and your colleagues said about why you are, why you should or shouldn't be in this room discussing this thing, out of the 30, they only agree with six of them. Um, and it's wow. not the same six that the, 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 the leader expressed in the first place. So one of the initial issues that we found is that just in terms of the what, was, what is known as the, the case for action, um, groups are, uh, are not starting with a single shared case for action. Everyone has their own view of why we're here. And that's very important. That's a fundamental issue for two reasons. One is, is that my view of where I am today drives my view of where I see the future being. So if you have everybody with a different view of where we are today, you have all these different views of where the future should be. And the other one is, I think that's probably part of what you're getting at, is if I'm sitting there wondering why should, be, why should I be in the room in the first place, but I can't really say that or question it, um, then my commitment and engagement in the process is going to drop accordingly. So all these little examples like this, we've found 
are going on in the actual collaboration process, putting together the goals and plans in the first place. Right. So talk a little bit. I'm going to give you a chance to, to brag just a little bit about what you guys do and, and how you may be able to help an organization so that we can all understand where the, where the, the missing links may be. Well, um, the thing that's come out of the, again, the thing that's come out of the research that we've done that we've now turned into uh, methods that we teach uh, at business schools and in education for leaders and consultants, and we've turned it into cap capabilities that people can use is if you think about it today, it, so we're, we're here, we are in, in the end of September. And so there's going to be um, leadership teams talking about 2021 and 2022. Um, and they've got, two options really it's either a case of we'll look we'll have these conversations we well it used to be we'll go in we'll we'll go into the workshop the workshop we'll go into the off-site uh, we'll do a two-day strategic retreat um or because uh, these days it's all virtual um but basically you've got two options one is we'll do it ourselves and then the other one is well we'll hire a consultant this this is this subject is so important that we'll bring a consultant in so um what we found in both cases is that the the thing that the knowledge of the subject you know we're in this industry this is what's going on uh, between the between the people themselves and, and maybe consultants they bring in there's no shortage of understanding of the situation uncertainties and where things are going but when you look at the underlying process where you ask them um, how are you going to choose what to talk about how are you going to choose in what sequence to talk about it? How are you going to talk about it? And how do you do that so that you actually come up with not just a set of rational and compelling goals and plans, but ones that are the most valuable, viable, and genuinely endorsed by everybody? And basically, uh, I'm making a generalism here, but generally, we're working from methodologies that were designed back in the 1960s and 1970s. If you look at the way groups come together and hold conversations and put agendas together and do research before the meetings, um, even, even management consulting methodologies that are in play today, the underlying origins of the process of how it's done goes back to the 70s. And Whereas other industries have, changed, have improved and innovated, this area of business is, has, for half a century, almost stayed the same. So, again, to get to, to, to your question, by identifying um, what is, how, how does a group, when they come together around a subject, how do they choose what to talk about? And how do they choose what to talk about in, in the sequence in which they talk about it and how to talk about it so they can take the shortest path to something that truly is solid? Um, that's that's where our methods and, and capabilities come in. Uh, and so there are companies out there now that are using um, the shelling method um, for putting together goals and plans um, rather than, I'll say, the conventional, the two conventional options. Michael, folks watching and listening want to get in contact with you. What's the best way to reach you? The best way simply is um, my email address is mtaylor, Michael Taylor, so mtaylor, M-T-A-Y-L-O-R, at shellingpoint.com, and, and that's S-C-H-E-L-L-I-N-G-P-O-I-N-T.com, or info at shellingpoint.com, and um, that's where people put, put send messages in and, and say, I've got this situation, 
we have this uh, business problem, uh, we have this issue we're dealing with, we want this strategy we want to create or this decision to make. Um, so send a note there, I'd be happy to respond. Great. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Michael, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick pause. Okay. What makes a temple owl? Meet Stella. She's wise, fierce, and she's not alone. Temple University, where owls call home. We are the cherry and white. The city is our classroom, and we lead the rush hour making our mark on every field around the world. A world without temple, well, that's like the sky without the North Star. Temple, never stopping. The family law firm of Shemtob Dragonoski Taylor will help you move through and beyond your divorce. We are a full-service boutique family law firm located in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. We handle cases in Montgomery County, Chester, Bucks, Delaware, and Philadelphia counties. We have six highly experienced lawyers and have represented clients for more than 30 years regarding these issues. Our clients depend on us to sort through the complicated issues involved in divorce and division of assets, spousal and child support, and custody. We listen to them, we gather the information, and we help them make informed decisions. We pride ourselves in our knowledge and our experience. We try to settle cases when we can, but we zealously advocate for our clients at trial as experienced and successful litigators. If you need help on any of these family life issues, please call us for an appointment at 215-542-2105 or check us out on our website at www.shemtablaw.com. Everyone, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. Today we're talking about how organizations get things done with strategic collaboration with my guest, Michael Taylor, who is a principal at Shelling Point. Uh, Michael, I want to start off this second segment here by, uh, I guess, expounding on some of the research that you've done, because I, I understand that you're going to be releasing a book that basically um, synthesizes all of that for us. Uh, talk about that and when and where can we find it? So in terms of the book, the, the purpose of the book is that one of the things that came out of the research was that these 330 projects that we've studied and analyzed, every one of them was unique, as I've mentioned previously, from strategies to decisions to innovations to programs, policies, um, tropical, tropical uh, disease eradication, uh, corporate turnarounds, just, a, just a, a diverse plethora. But one of the aha moments in the research was that we were looking at how unique they were but we realized they were all actually exactly the same thing. Um, the commonality amongst every single one of them was that there was a group of people coming together around a subject where they had to agree why they were going to discuss it and consider taking action on it. And then they had to then say, right, what are we going to talk about, and et cetera, and come up with these goals and plans that are you know, most valuable, viable, and, and genuinely endorsed, and then we hand over to implementation. And so once we realized that, hold on a minute, um, we can take this, this common collaboration process and we can use this common collaboration process with a Fortune 50 uh, corporation on business strategy. We can use it with an early stage venture that's just been funded on their growth plans. We can, we can use it with um, governments on policy creation. So once we realized that we had the meta process, then 
one of the things, of course, that you do with the process is you ask the question, well, how do we make it um, robust? How do we make it fast and efficient? And part of that was putting technology behind it. So there's pieces of technology that we put behind it so people can um, do it correctly and, and rapidly. But these items that I mentioned previously, which is well, when you first come together, don't just tell the group, here's why I have brought you together, but actually um, one of the first aspects of strategic collaboration is to confirm that everybody's all together there for the same reason. So that is one of, I'll say, 33 changes in how we should conduct a strategic collaboration um, that currently we've identified from the research. So the idea behind the book is to, um, here at Shelling Point, um, again, our purpose, our, our whole mission is to enable um, leaders, CEOs, leadership teams. Um, by the way, we look, we look at these strategic collaborations as either being within one organization, so it's our strategy, or between a pairs of organizations, so our merger, our strategic alliance, our partnership, our outsourcing contract, our customer relationship, and across many. So we've applied these principles to 300 organizations concurrently working together on a subject. So whether, whether um, it's an individual leader or pairs or multiple wanting to advance a subject, um, the idea was to put this into the book so that um, people can take this. And, I, I, you know, one of the questions we asked in the research, it, it came out to one of the questions we asked. So, so we would talk to CEOs and, and, and others and ask them, um, where did you, when a new need is presented, uh, there are three things that trigger a new need for a leader. Uh, it's either time-based, our three-year strategy is two and a half years old, so let's review it. So it's either time-based or it, it, it is um, opportunistic or, or problem solving. We have a problem, we need to do something or there's an opportunity. So there's three triggers that causes a leader to say, I need to pull a group, a group together to discuss something. So, but we, so we asked them, we said, when you've identified a new need and you want to pull a group together and go through putting goals and plans together and producing sustained positive outcomes, right? that's all that counts at the end of the day, is, just, is sustained positive outcomes. Where were you trained how to follow that process? Where were you trained how to go from here all the way to there? And currently when we've asked people, not a single person has been trained how to do that. So if you think about that, that's quite amazing. There's not a single leader out there. They can, they can talk about the bits and pieces, but if you say no, how, how do you know how to take a situation and follow it all the way through. Um, the other thing we found was that if we ask people, what method do you use when you're working with groups of people? Where were you trained how to work with groups of people to put, to put together shared goals and plans? Um, where was the training that you had? And people say, well, I've not had any training. And so we, what we realized was that when you have, let's say seven executives, um, working on something, you basically have seven private proprietary methodologies. If you bring a consultant in, you now have eight private proprietary undocumented methods all working on each other. So whereas, whereas in the rest of the business, we have these repeatable processes, the problem today in businesses is that when a new need arrives, the, the method we're going to go from new need to sustained impact 
positive impact depends upon who that leader is or which consultant was brought in. Um, the, the actual me mechanics of how we're going to do it is, is, uh, is, is variable. So the purpose behind the book, quite frankly, is, that, um, is to be able to give to any leader, if you want, next time you have a new need, the need to create a strategy, the need to make a decision about a merger, the need, the need to do form a strategic alliance, the need to fix some fix a broken collaboration. Here is the mechanism to go from here to sustain results. Um, so that that is the purpose of the book: is to provide um, management training and education that has just never existed before, but is fundamental to being an effective leader in today's world of, of, of collaborative environments. Great. Michael, we only have just a few minutes left here uh, in the program, and I want to, in three minutes or less, ask you to talk about maybe a representative example. Uh, ideally, if you could, in mergers and acquisitions, a lot of folks that tune into this program are very keen on the M&A market. They're involved in it and in the ecosystem and so forth. And maybe in that discussion, maybe offer up a, a tip or a trick or two that uh, leaders can uh, take away from this. Yeah, um, mergers, merge, well, if you take mergers, for example, uh, we look at everything as having a life cycle. So strategies, mergers, innovation, they all have a life cycle. So if you think about mergers, there's the first question is, should we consider a merger? That is a collaborative decision. Should we consider a merger? Then there is, if we're going to go and conduct a merger, what, what, are, we, what are we looking for in a merger? And, and that is a, am I looking for a young company, an old company, a, a leading edge, a laggard? What are we looking for? Then you, then you get to the merger design, which is, well, what do we think it's going to take to have a successful merger integration? Um, anyway, so if you take these various points, I just want to say that at Shelling Point, we have over 120 templates for, for over 120 different um, strategic collaborative subjects that, that leaders deal with. And for the M&A area, um, there's a series of seven to deal with all those stages. Unfortunately, one of the templates is recovering recovering a failing uh, merger. Um, but one example, um, one, one example is there were um, two software companies. One software company was buying another software company. And what you find in the merger space is that there are merger playbooks. So um, the, there are very well-defined playbooks where you can say, right, when we conduct a merger, um, we do this with the IT system. We do this with the payroll systems. We do this, we do this, we do this, we work it. So these playbooks, consultants will bring the playbooks in. Uh, firms that do lots of mergers will have the playbooks. Um, but the fundamental issue with mergers is that too often you'll have somebody saying, we're done with the merger, and then the value hasn't been realized, and the staff and others are saying, really, you think we're done? I don't. Uh, and we've been involved in Fortune 50 and, and small businesses. So, so applying this mechanism, um, what we're doing is we're augmenting the conventional playbook with this process. And what it's doing is it is surfacing a level of uh, quality information about what does everybody believe is why did we do the merger in the first place? Yeah, not the CEO going to the town hall and saying, hey, everybody, this is why we did this merger. But again, going to everybody saying, why do you think we did the merger? Um, when you come to well, what's a successful merger, people will typically describe that in five to seven ways. Well, we'll have a broader solution set, we'll have more career opportunities than the staff, financial economy. Everybody says the same thing about a merger. But if you now go to everybody and all, this, all everybody and say, if I was to ask you in two years' time, what does a successful merger look like? 
not what we not not what did we do, but but what 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 was success? What did we create? On average, you'll have eighteen definitions of success of outcomes, and there's only agreement on five of them. So you have to get past the classical, we did the merger for this reason. You have to go and ask everybody, what do you think success looks like and reconcile the disagreement? And then the other issue with mergers is that they're meant to be positive. Uh, you know, this is a positive thing that we've done this. This is opportunity. This is growth. So when you look at the risk analysis section, you'll typically, what we've counted is maybe six to eight risks. We won't be able to hire enough of these people. We'll have this. What we've found is from several, again, from many, many uh, mergers we've been involved in, is if you go to everybody privately and say, not whining and complaining, but why won't it work? What, what are your concerns for being able to plan it, execute it, and sustain it? And on average, a group will express 41 reasons why it won't work. Wow. Right? Uh, so, so, so what we're basically saying is, have your methodology in your playbook but you need to augment it with these new techniques for really making sure that there's full endorsement of everything that's occurring and why it's occurring. Um, All right. Michael, I hate to cut you off. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Yep. We, we've got to cut it off there. Um, I apologize. We've been talking today with Michael Taylor, who's a principal at Shelling Point. And Michael, thanks for telling organizations how to better get stuff done um, more efficiently through strategic collaboration. And uh, folks, you know how to reach out to Michael at shellingpoint.com. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and I will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care, everybody.